0: Hi, and welcome to the Change Cadet podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Akilah Cadet. So Cadet is my last name, and in French, it means soldier. So when we talk about Change Cadet, we're talking about soldiers of change. In my company, we talk about soldiers of change in the place of diversity, inclusion, and equity. But here, it may talk about the workplace, but we may also talk about stories of just change in general from various different aspects of life. Change today is all about stories of change at what times may feel like an upward battle, but people are getting to their places of joy. So, here I'll share some of my own stories. I'll also interview guests who took risks and grew from their experience of navigating change to find their joy. I hope that these stories that you hear today um, will be an opportunity for you to become inspired and maybe a change today in your own life. Welcome to the Change Today podcast. I am so excited to have Tao Roxton here. Um, you have the best name. Do you know that?
1: Oh, I, I didn't know. I didn't, You almost got it though. It's uh, Tao. But uh, Tao, well, Tao. Roxton.
0: You yeah. know what? My bad. I dated a guy. His name was Tao. That's my fault.
1: Well, that's fine. Everybody says Tao. It's so funny because I think um, a lot of uh, Americans are used to saying Taylor, you know, Tay, Tay, Tay Diggs. Yeah. So every time they see that, it, they're like, oh, this guy's Nigerian. Probably has, you know, it's a little different, but yeah.
0: Um, I actually like Tayo better, so my bad.
1: Oh, well, there we go. Yeah. I, this is going to be relevant to a podcast. I remember one, um, one person told me, that, I was really mad when the person told me this, where a person was saying, hey, you know, uh, since your name is Tayo, have you ever thought about adding an I to your name? It would just be so much easier for oh to pronounce your name. And, was the
0: person white? Yeah, it, it
1: happened to be white. Yes, it was. It was. Uh, and it was. This is not even like a white black thing. I've just noticed a lot of times people like to tell me what my name should spell like, and I imagine that happens with many people of of color or people that are from different backgrounds or different countries. They're Like, well, you know, if you come here and say your name in a different way, it'd probably be easier for us to pronounce. So, uh, actually, yeah, I, I remember telling the person. I, I, I you know that that's that's interesting, but I don't think I ever told you how to spell your name. So I'd appreciate it if you didn't tell me how to spell my name. Exactly. <laughs> and yeah. That's how conversation ended. But <laughs>
0: I mean that's why it's, it's I um always make it a point to at least say the person's name to the best of their ability of my ability or ask them, you know, right. you know, what how they would like their name to be like pronounced. Because there's even names that you think are like it's a simple name but it has a different pronunciation to it. Um, yeah. You
1: know, so and it's never even about the pronunciation sometimes, sometimes it's more about the the effort, uh, and in, in the in the essence, because I think that's usually more appreciated.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I hear you. So can you tell us what your name means though?
1: So Tayo is short for Akintayo, and Akintayo means a warrior or the brave one has brought us to this show. And it's uh yeah. That's it's it's from the Yoruba tribe. I'm um, um, Yoruba, and in Nigeria there are over 250 ethnic groups, but there are three main ethnic groups: Yoruba, Hausa, and Igbo. And I'm part of the Yoruba group, which is uh, predominantly resides in the southwestern part of Nigeria. So
2: uh,
1: yeah, yeah, a warrior. <laughs> what a joy? So yeah, I'm parents did.
0: Um. So my sister's name, um. Is uh, Ivo. Um, so it means her name is Adeze. Oh, so you know what it means.
1: <laughs> it means princess. Well, well, I mean, I, I'm, I'm from a different tribe, but I mean, I, I just know it's, it's a Nigerian name. But it's Ivo. How does she, or is anyone in your family Nigerian or?
0: No, no. My mom, my mom just like picked it from a book and. You know, went from there. Even
1: better, even better. You're you're picking out names that uh that reflect uh the culture in the diaspora. Yeah,
0: well, and that's that's also how I got my name too. It was just a book of it was a book of African names. I want to be specific, and so <laughs> <laughs> um, that's how she was able to like give us names that really it had meaning because mine is Arabic. It means intelligent girl who reasons. Um, and you know, with all these degrees, it it for sure makes sense. Uh, yeah. yeah to have that and my sister's name as princess she's also very educated as well she's an architect and a vp for an architectural firm but she lives in beverly hills and she she is always put together so there's that like <laughs> you know that princess aspect to it wow yeah
1: no there's something to be saying about living up to your name yeah so it's uh it's very interesting but it also segues into your work that you're uh, your name leads to the work that you do today. You have oh, yeah. an amazing platform where you've created. You even got this doctorate, <laughs> where you're really helping people with uh, social justice and and equality. Oh, so.
0: Well. You were too kind, but thank
1: you. <laughs> it's just what I see. It's just what I see. It's just what I see. But um yeah, but I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to to get the to get to chat to you about all these things.
0: Yeah. Okay. So um that was fun. As you can tell, I do speak in tangents. Um, I believe that's the best way to have a conversation if you're just like doing whatever you know you want to do and saying whatever you want to say. But I think it's really important that people know who Tayo is. So tell us about you.
1: So, thank you. Uh, I describe myself as a cultural translator, and that's, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's because of uh, that. So thank you so much. I, it, that's, I, I, my job is to go into institutions and in different environments to help people connect effectively across cultures, and essentially, you know, what that translates to is to create in safe environments for people to be themselves, working on diverse strategies, and, and um, creating inclusive spaces. And I I grew up personally, as we've been talking about, I'm I'm Nigerian, but I grew up in five countries and four continents by the time I was, you know, 17. Uh, And so a lot of times my identity was something that was very fluid. You know, it wasn't the same. You know, I I wasn't quite Nigerian enough or quite black enough or quite man enough, depending on where I was. And I had a bit of an identity crisis. I had a lot of an identity crisis. And and in the process of, of finding myself through that, I, I was also finding uh, my passion. And my passion was essentially making sure that we created a world where uh, people didn't have to feel like they had to suppress parts of themselves. So mm-hmm. it was simultaneously doing that. And and, and so they, that that led me to writing and investigating different cultures. And the writing led to speaking, and podcasting, and, um, well, writing led to podcasting, and then speaking, <coughs> and then consulting. But it, it, it's really... I, it came from a place of trying to solve my own problem. Mm-hmm. Why is it that I don't feel enough? And why is it that I, um, you know, I see it as happening around me? And what can I do to help? Um, and then last but not least, I also grew up under two military dictatorships. So th- that was the first nine years of my life, two military dictatorships. So you mix all those up in, 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 a, you know, in a salad bowl, and then you, you, you get the the origins of why this is, a, is an important journey for me mm-hmm. to take
0: hmm yeah hmm yeah. okay so many things to to go into to that, but I think you left out not one but two books
1: uh, what, wait, wait. <laughs> well, I, I would say one yeah. book the other book was just it wasn't even a it wasn't necessarily a book it was just a um a guide essentially uh, for t k but yes i yeah, my, my mom would tell me the same thing. Well, you don't always tell everybody everything about yourself. Well, why are you always hiding, hiding all your things? Yes, I, I'm an author. My book is about a month and three days old. And so, um, yes, it came out It came out Beyonce's birthday, September 4th.
0: You know what? Thank you for
1: that. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, you know, I wish I could take credit for it, but yes, sure. <laughs> That was the first thing I noticed. By the way, when they told me it was September fourth, I was like, "Oh,
0: Beyonce's birthday." birthday. These are important things. I'm <laughs> September second, so that's also yeah. a great day. Uh, yeah, we are a year and two days apart. I'm sure the listeners are tired of me talking about Beyonce, but I don't care because she's great, and that means your book is even better as you brought yes, it out in the season absolutely. of her. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and
1: what's
0: the title? What's the title of
1: your book? <laughs> The title of the book is uh, My Mission Statement Use Your Difference to Make a Difference. And so that, that recently came out and I'm on tour for it. And uh it essentially covers what I believe is the is the framework for connecting today in today's world. Yeah.
0: Are you coming to the to the Bay Area?
1: I was just on the West Coast with the I was in LA, but I I mean I'm open to coming to the Bay Area. I'm I'm just I'm gonna to be touring. So if I find a, a venue with a budget, sure. A I
0: venue with a budget. Listen. Yeah. Yes. That's important.
1: That's that's what I've been working on because um, as a speaker, and, and we'll dive into this in, 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 the, in the conversation as a speaker and a consultant, sometimes it's the way that I've been doing the tour is I've been baking it into my schedule. So sometimes if mm-hmm. I'm going to consult or something, it's like, hey, maybe we'll buy a certain amount of books or mm-hmm. if I'm going to speak at a conference or speak at an event or the bookstore. Uh, sometimes I'll try and pair it up with something that I might do at that area as well. Uh, and so, yeah, that's the life of, you know, essentially of the type of work we do with DEI, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. It's really getting um, as many things as you can done when you travel and then setting your roots down, just seeding enough curiosity uh, in them so that they can either bring you back or introduce you to someone else. So,
0: so um, do you want to also maybe tell us about your business? <laughs> <laughs>
1: My my, uh, you. <laughs> my my business is uh is a consultant firm uh and it's it's called UID management and UID stands for use your difference. You're gonna see a consistent theme, use your difference to make a difference or use your difference. And yeah, I mean, it, it's it's the firm and it's the umbrella that I use to consult to lead workshops and lead trainings
2: mm-hmm. on,
1: on everything that we talked about, diversity, equity, and inclusion issues. And so I work with schools, I work with, um, you know, uh, companies and fast-growing startups and multinationals and any other organization that's looking to learn how to create sustainable diversity inclusion strategies, but also learn how to implement and, uh, you know, uh, inculcate different strategies that could be implemented throughout the year so
0: that's amazing well thank you that's really great so I think it's time for me to ask you how are you a change today how are you a change agent in your life how are you a soldier of change so what is huh. that for you
1: uh well it starts with my name
0: <laughs> it does
1: <laughs> the, the, the warrior um for me I, I'm willing to have the conversations that people aren't willing to have, you know, and it's, it's it's very simple in in saying that, but it's not an easy thing to do in the sense that, you know, I know what it's like to be an immigrant. I'm not, you know, I'm not a citizen. I know what it's like to be black and not be considered black enough or to be black and be said, you're African, but you're not all these things. And then to also just deal with this level of intersectionality that I don't think a lot of people approach when they make policies. And so, uh, I think the way that I try to be a change today is to make sure that the invisible don't remain uh, invisible. You know, I like to make sure that more people get seen and heard. And so, you know, through research, you get to meet different types of people. And through traveling, you get to meet different types of people. And I think what I do is to tell those stories and to make them be known. And um, yeah, growing up, it wasn't always a a good thing because my mom always thought I was a troublemaker sometimes. Not in a bad way, but she's like, I wish you wouldn't talk as much about these things, but
2: like, no way I could do that.
1: Because we initially grew up under two dictatorships, so it was kind of a, yeah. you could die.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that, little, that little thing. Yeah. Uh,
1: that's how I, 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 feel like, I feel like I'm willing to have the tough conversations. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. I, everything that you're doing, I think, is not only incredibly needed, but also really important and powerful. I Thank talk you. a lot about, you know, Telling your story and using your story, which is good for anyone, but it has another layer of importance for people of color. Yeah. Um, right. So, what is it like for you working in the DEI space? I've been adding B. I don't know where you are with belonging, but I DEI B it.
1: No, D That's great. I mean, I, I just <laughs> I didn't even put the I. I've always included belonging in terms of the definitions of. Yeah. My inclusion, all that, but I, I like that it's now getting into a separate category. But yes, um,
0: yeah.
1: um, no, I believe in belonging. But where you said the question is, where am I at with with what? Yeah, with how is it? How
0: is it? Are you hopeful?
1: I'm. I'm always hopeful. I'm an angry optimist. Anybody? Ah, that way. yes. Okay. <laughs>
0: that's
1: what. That's what uh, one <laughs> of my favorite comedians describes himself as, Hasan Um yeah. <laughs> I I have, I have to be full of hope because this it, it, just there has to be something better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm. Also inspired by my anger by my anger. I think that our the systems have filled us completely in terms of
0: no. Stop it.
1: No, I know, I know, <laughs> I know. But in terms of the history, if you think about the history that's being taught, the stories that are being told about people and how that really affects how we see the world yeah. uh, in terms of uh, the fact that there's still a gap between, you know, pay, you know, gender pay and, and the fact that we still have a lot of issues, issues to go with the LGBTQ community, the fact that LGBTQI uh, plus a community, the fact that there's still a lot of understanding to go with immigrants, and that's something that's... It's very personal with me where I'm a unique type of immigrant because I'm here on a very, very special type of visa that a lot of people don't even know when you, you hire. Like, well, I thought all immigrants are just people that are trying to come into the country illegally. And I'm like, there are so many hmm. rainbows uh, of, of immigration. And I, I don't think that w- with the work we do, uh, some companies take it seriously. I don't think mm-hmm. that. I think some people think that it's just nice to have. Uh, occasionally. And sometimes they don't understand how any company is in the business of developing people. And if you want to develop any uh, people, you have to make them feel seen and heard. And if you want to mimic the world that you serve or your clientele that you're trying to serve for a lot of companies, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: it's really about understanding people and really understanding where they come from. And that's really what the work it, it, uh, that we're trying to do is about is by making sure that you understand that there's a world bigger than yours and then making sure that their voices are also just as heard.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, that goes back to the story because there's a lot of power in your story um, and how you have built your business and you're an author and a speaker and a podcast host. <laughs> so um, let's let's talk about, again, staying on this thread of you know stories and how they yeah. are powerful tools. You have a podcast. So tell us about your podcast. Uh so,
1: <laughs> I, <laughs> the, people always ask me how I started my career. My career, my career. That was the podcast. It was the podcast that started, so you career. Started, I
0: started. Really? I started, yeah,
1: 2014 August, August 2014, and
0: that oh, was well, happy uh, anniversary, believe
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, just, it's five years in, but that was roughly um, uh, two years after a near death experience I had. had. So I I've been living in Virginia at the time on uh, in August 22 uh, 2012, and I was driving. You know, in my with my, in my burgundy Toyota Camry at the time. This is before <laughs> I lived in New York. And, and I got to the part where the road merged into the highway. I accelerated like I was supposed to, you know, get a six yeah. miles an hour. And then as I was cruising in my lane, my lane got cut into half. And this neighboring car lost control. And so I was swerving out of the way so I didn't get hit. And in the process, I smash into the left guardrail. Boom. One car, boom. two cars, boom. right guardrail, and back to left guardrail. And the car hits the guardrail with such impact that the car is about to flip over the bridge. It raises up. It's perpendicular to the bridge. And I'm, I'm 22 at a time. I'm saying to myself, I, I can't believe this is how it's going to end. I think this is it. And the one thought that came to my mind after that was, have you done everything you said you were going to do? At the time, I was a 22-year-old who was in a job that I had just hated, but I thought I needed to be in because they were sponsoring my visa. And so I was just there, and in the midst of those thoughts, adrenaline kicked in, I slammed my brakes, and I somehow managed to get out of the car. And as soon as I got out of the car, my car was totaled, the total car was a hit, but I was left unscathed, and I was like how did I survive this? This car is completely dead. (laughs) This car is totaled. And I took that as a second chance. So I essentially started planning to quit my job and I I let my my bosses know, quit my job. And while applying for school, so once I got my um, acceptance letter, uh, I moved to New York City and didn't know anyone and didn't do anything. But I started learning about myself again. I knew that I had always wanted to... um, connect connect people across cultures i grew up as the son of a diplomat and i grew up all these countries and i would talk about these things but mm-hmm. i and i started to look at the things i had suppressed i had suppressed the dictatorship i had suppressed the importance of of the the journey i had to take from, from any crisis as someone that grew up in all these parts and i would just talk about these stories i would write about them i would say you know this is what it felt like When I felt like I had to hide parts of myself when someone made fun of my hair and said it wasn't straight enough or all these things. Mm -hmm. And I just started sharing all these stories. It was almost like a healing process. But in the process of sharing these stories, I found a community of people that grew up the same way I did. And you call them third culture kids or TCKs, and third culture kids referred to people that spent the formative periods of their lives outside of the parents' cultures. So army brats, diplomatic kids, missionary kids, just always moving around. And so in, in, the, in, this, in these communities, I started to just share all these stories, all these personal stories that I had even either forgotten or suppressed, um, and people started to say, wow, thank you for really enunciating what I, I, I feel. I thought I was the only one and you know, I'm 60 something, I'm 40 something, I'm 20 something, I'm 15, all ages. And I still, I still feel this. I still feel that. And I would just talk about every single thing, all the things that come about that. And then I started to, as I built the community, I started to then say, well, these are ways that we can turn that into an asset. Mm-hmm. These are ways you can embrace the global identity. And people started to like that. And then, I said, you know what, I'm going to create, I'm going to launch a podcast for people that don't look like they're supposed to look like and sound like they're supposed to sound like, because people always are like, there's no way you're a Nigerian when they hear me. And so, <laughs> and so I, that's how it started. I really was creating a community for people like that. And then um, eventually morphed into something where people said, you know what, I'm not a TCK. I didn't grow up that way, but I like the message of the podcast. Can I come share my different idea? Because I can use my difference to make a difference too. And then it started to grow. But that idea of really beginning to open up all the old wounds and then share those stories led to me building the community, led to the podcast, and then led to people saying, we like how you have created the safe space for people like us. Mm-hmm. Why do you come speak? And then when you speak, people say, you should do this more. And then you do it more. <laughs> and then you become intentional about it. And then and that's, that's the whole thing. But yeah. we mm-hmm. want to start without the podcast. <laughs>
0: um my podcast story is not that good, um, at all, but that is, well, thank you for sharing that because I've too have had like a near death experience and it puts a lot of things in perspective. Right. Um, you know, which I I think is just a gift in itself, even though, you know, I'm sure there's moments when you'll have some Trauma getting on a freeway or if someone else is oh. driving, like it's always yeah gonna yeah. be there right, and with yeah. you, but you still overcome those moments and you're still able to you know motivate and inspire so many people um through a pain of like the 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 pain of that moment, um yeah. you know so and really, when you think about life, everyone has a choice to to live their best life um mm-hmm. And they can do it without having these near-death experiences. Yeah. You know? Um, Yeah. So, I think it's great. But how about you still tell us about the podcast, though?
1: (laughs) Well, that that, that was the thing, though. That was how the podcast came about. It was really... Like,
0: like you... I mean, the name of the podcast, who you have on there, like, what's your whole, like, aesthetic? Get people to listen to it. Yeah.
1: So, the podcast is called As Told by Nomads. And it's... Honestly, it's people... And initially, when I I said I was told by nomads, I was thinking of people in different parts of the world. That's initially what I was thinking of. And then the nomads has gone on to take on a whole symbolic meaning where everybody's a nomad. You could have a nomadic concept, a nomadic Mm -hmm. mindset, or Mm -hmm. different things. And the people that come on there are entrepreneurs, change makers, people like yourself, uh, practitioners, or people who have an interesting idea or a new way of looking at an old problem. Mm. And that's and that's that's what it's about. It's about making sure you use your difference to make a difference. And that mission statement to me symbolizes not just a call to embrace diversity, but a call to accept your uniqueness mm-hmm.
2: as something
1: that can be an active participant in moving the, the conversations forward. I think a lot of people are uh, passive bystanders today. Um, yeah. Whether, yeah. Whether that's on purpose or not, conscious or unconscious, they are. Yeah. Uh, they have this um, understand that they don't. They don't feel like their story matters, or their impact matters, or their actions matter. And I want to change that narrative. Where I'm saying, well, it, this little community have has the ability to impact, you know, communities beyond even what you can think of. Right. And the podcast has been a symbol of that. Where I just I recorded it in my apartment or random places and through Skype, and if someone from a Vietnam or someone from yeah. Germany hey I heard an episode and you're like whoa where did that come from yeah never know so but
2: that's
0: yeah true yeah that's, I think that's the beauty about podcasts that you can reach people that you wouldn't be able to you know in your city or even just traveling um domestically or speaking domestically because you have this reach that's just absolutely yeah like insane
1: yeah. So yeah, that's what the podcast is about. People, I bring on people who are willing to tackle um, age old problems that we had today and new problems that we've had. And if they have new ideas and, you know, I'm open to have the conversation, I don't have a, you don't have to be a celebrity. <laughs> you don't have to be a, it, it's it's if you have an idea and I want to create platforms for people like that. And so yeah. uh, I, I get pitched a lot because, um, you know, publicists, I don't know, some, found my, my podcast on a few lists. And so whenever authors have books, people pitch, uh, they'll pitch their authors to me. So I usually have, I don't know, maybe five to 10 pitches a day or something like that sitting in the inbox.
0: What? But, wait, yeah, wait no, I'm going to pitch myself for your podcast. No, you definitely come in podcast. I know. But, I was but, kidding. <laughs>
2: uh,
0: but um,
1: but, but it, it, it's, 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 what what determines what I say yes to a pitch is obviously the timing um, because I if, if I'm in the middle of something, but yeah, also yeah. if they have a story, unique story to share. That's okay. that's what I would look for. So. Ooh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, I like that. Do you have a story? What's your story?
1: Yeah, that's literally what I ask. That's literally yeah. what I always ask. What's your story? Tell me a so story. So
0: ours, we have a story of how we met, and it was all through a t shirt. Yeah,
1: <laughs> is it conscious, unconscious, consciously bias, or unconsciously biased?
0: Um, unconscious bias.
1: Wait, unconscious. wait, bias. No, something? no,
0: sorry, consciously, consciously unbiased.
2: Whoops, consciously unbiased. Yes, yeah.
0: consciously <laughs> unbiased. Yeah. It's, it, every time I think about it, which is actually really smart with the branding, I have to think about what it's not, right? Yes. So it's not what we're used to, which is unconscious bias. Yeah, and then you're being consciously unbiased, which exactly. I think is powerful because you're like, okay, yeah, I have some stereotypes here, but I'm going to check those stereotypes.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. You know? And I love the story, but that because that exemplifies what we're talking about here. It was yeah it's through a hashtag or a movement or a strike. There are communities you found yourself, and that's what led to the podcast, too, where I found other communities of third culture kids. And I think yeah. that's the beauty in embracing the identity. I have people go through identity exercise a lot of times because i think we live in a very conditioned world we're not as intentional as we should be we live mm-hmm. in a very conditioned versus intentional world you know we do things because people told us it's what we would known
0: right. what our parents told us especially yeah. like when you're a kid of an immigrant you're you are know, a doctor an engineer something in finance yeah. you know a
1: lawyer or a failure,
0: failure. <laughs> yeah or a failure exactly me yeah. i was in public health my father was like i don't I, can't, I don't know but then my sister architect it was like a proud moment for her because that made sense but me she's trying to change the world I don't I it doesn't she doesn't make doesn't money make yeah <laughs> you know when it comes down to it but once I got my doctorate my dad's like this is my daughter she's a doctor like you know because you have to do the the family uh proud for Thank the you. listeners could you break down third culture kid for them
1: yeah yeah um yeah, I mean, it really refers to people to spend the formative periods of their lives outside of their parents' culture. So, yeah, like, like I was saying, it's, you know, if you sort of grew up in different parts of the world during your high school, middle school years, and all those parts, of college years, you have different identities. So, missionary kids, they move all the time. Mm-hmm. Diplomatic kids like my dad, you're always moving. Army brats, you're always moving. Maybe you change schools, you all that. And so... You know, the third culture is your culture. The, the three cultures are the, your culture, the mix of your parents' cultures and yours, and then whatever comes about from the mix of those. Right, two.
0: where you are, yeah. yeah.
1: And and yeah, and a lot of the, the things that um, TCKs will wrestle with sometimes is whether they have to choose one over the other, yeah, you know, the uh, code and or whether they have to or whether they have to embrace all aspects of that. And I've gone through all those, you know, spectrum because sometimes people would be surprised by how do you like all these things? That's more yeah. this. Culture. That's, and then, yeah. um, I, you know, at one point I decided to just say, you know what, I'm all of these things and I am happy with them. Right. But, yeah. But yeah, you know, that comes in its own set of, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: totally. well, I think we talked about this before. My, my dad is also, or he's a retired diplomat now. Um, but he left, so we just visited. We didn't... I don't have diplomatic immunity, so... I don't have
1: either. It's only my... I, people always think that I have. I don't know, maybe American diplomats. but I'm, I'm from Nigeria. We didn't... That never extended to anybody else. Oh,
0: in America, it does. So, like, okay. if I lived with him for a certain amount of time, I could just basically murder people, not have parking tickets. You know, I can do all of these things. Um, but I'm a good person, so... I don't need need diplomatic immunity. But I I commonly say, um, and I'm really not afraid to say it, I'm a non-threatening Black, you know? So I'm able to, particularly when it comes to white people, they aren't afraid to talk to me because I can really quickly talk about skiing in Tahoe and Napa. And when I went to stay with my father in Geneva, and then all of a sudden they're like, wait a minute she's a different yeah. black, you know, yeah. um, because I have like these different yeah. experiences yeah. and people like you and I, by sometimes just existing and also talking, it changes perspectives and viewpoints of people yeah. that look like us. Cause they're like, well, maybe this person also had this type of experience because particularly here in America, as you know, and cause you have a comparison point, particularly with the different countries you lived in, but also Nigeria here, it's like, Black people are low income. So if I made it as a doctor, then at some point I had a single child, you know, at some point I had a single mother, you know, all these things. So they're like, wow, you must have a a story. But it's like, well, my parents were together. They divorced like normal people. And, you know, I had these experiences, but I was also poor at some point, but then also could afford the limited, which was wonderful, depending on, you know, what happened. A little bit, you know, uh, the Huxtables before. You know, all that stuff went down, <laughs> but like Tuximals, like the show, you know, um, what,
1: the, the pills
0: you mean, <laughs> Yeah. well, I guess the pills were happening during the show, which hurts me so much because man, Thursday nights when the show came on, my mom would make the best frozen ravioli and we would like watch the show. And I was like, they're like us, um, which was like a big deal but a lot of it is in in how we're just talking about code switching and how you're able to fit in all these different buckets because yeah. in America and order going to be deemed successful you do have to kind of go to all these different places so my yes. question to you is have you where are you on your true authentic self spectrum i'm sure it's really strong because i don't care I, I i am who i am in all different spaces but i do know there was a time in my life where i was making sure that people felt comfortable around me because right. of their stigma bias is yeah so when i was 17
1: i made a decision not to uh worry about that anymore and i'll tell you why so Cause,
2: <laughs> what,
1: <laughs> yeah, because I remember when I the first time I ever encountered the idea of being different, you, you got to remember, I'm Nigerian, so everybody around me was black. But when I moved because my dad's job, I was this, uh. 10 year old who was a skinny Nigerian kid with a thick Nigerian accent, a French speaking country, and an American in national school going through puberty. So, all these levels of differences. And so, in a place where everybody was different, and I felt different. And then I, I went through all these things where, I, I, you know, someone pointed to my hair and said, your, your hair is weird, it's not curly, I wanted to straighten it. And my mom would be like, No, you're, that's your black, you don't, that's not the texture. I would want to sound different. I didn't like how my food smelled all of a sudden. I became so aware because everybody was pointing these things out and it was so um,
2: different. Wow, yeah.
1: And so then I went through this process of trying to figure out how to, like, basically Americanize myself, essentially. And then I came back to Nigeria. All of a sudden, people would say, you're not Nigerian enough. You're American. And I'm like, I'm not American. And and they'll be whispering around me about... Um, you know, the current events of the country. now. be like, you know that I am from here, right? I know who the governor of my state is. And I'm like, oh, we didn't, we didn't know. We just thought that you, you know, <laughs> took your identity. You know, you became someone else. And so it would be that back and forth where people would have to be like, oh, okay, no, he's still Nigerian. He just sounds a little, it just sounds a little different.
2: Mm. And then
1: when I graduated and I knew it, I was, my dad was getting, po- my dad got posted to Vietnam. I was going to go to Vietnam and then school in Virginia. I just said, you know, I don't wanna keep doing these dances where I have to acquiesce to other people's perceptions of who I am. And I said, I'm just gonna be the Nigerian who might sound a little different, but is also well-versed in Nigerian history and American history and all these other histories because that's who he is, but also a nerd who loves sports uh, and (laughs) loves pop culture, but also loves hip hop and R&B and loves Disney and all these things. I just said, I'm gonna embrace that person. And I felt strangely free doing mm-hmm. that. And it's so funny when you do that. But um, so when I came to America for the first time, ironically, which is so funny because everybody used to think I was American. Um, I, that's how I introduced myself. I was like, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm Tayo. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a very important story with that, Tile. I used to go by roxon before that, because when I was a kid in that in American international school, people couldn't pronounce my full name, I like can Tayo and all that. And so I used to feel ashamed. And i was mm-hmm. like, well, just say Roxanne. <laughs> that was my 10-year-old. And so people that just traveled in. And so when I came to America, I announced myself as Tayo. And I was and I was like, hey, this is this is this is where I am. And there was it it was it was very freeing, but um I, I would also I would encounter some like wow, this are you really this this you really like this stuff? You it's not an act. And people would be surprised, but eventually they'll come to say, Well, I guess that's just that's just Tyle, And that kept happening. And uh eventually. Uh, I gained more confidence in doing that, and then um, yeah. So I've been that was my journey to identity, but if I had to go through a roller coaster, and it involved really owning my name
2: and myself. Um,
1: so, yeah,
0: that's really great, and be, to be able to do that at a young age explains a lot. Because you know, five years later, you had the you know like the the moment where you thought that your life was coming to an end, and so you having that awareness at 17 probably took a lot of fear away from you trying new things and, and building things, which is why you're able to be successful. You're not even, you're not even 30. Right?
1: Yeah. 30, 30 yet in a month. In the okay.
0: Month. <laughs> All right. All right. Hey, let me <laughs> tell you. Big 30, 30 on the 30th. <laughs> yeah. Oh really? Oh, that's a beauty. You, hey. yeah. you gotta yeah. do, you gotta do a big thing. Um, I'm going to be in, in New York at that time. So.
1: Uh-huh. See, I'm going to be on your side at that time. I'm no going to be in Temecula. Uh, Are you really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm going to be in Temecula, California. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Yeah, no, we know keep, we keep missing each other. But, Wait, so you're going to
0: celebrate your birthday in Temecula?
1: Yeah, because that's when... So my, uh, my girlfriend's birthday is on the 2nd okay. of uh, November. And All she's, right base there and so we're like oh we'll just do it together and she i don't do anything on my birthday she's she's saying it's your 30th you must do something like, it
0: okay. is your 30th you have to do so. it's your 30th birthday on the 30th of the month <laughs> you need to do something that has nothing to do with halloween
1: uh, Yo, yeah, that's the thing, I, you know, and that's the other thing. I've never even celebrated. I'm not. A, so that's an American holiday. So I, I, people, when I when I came here, people were like, "What are you going to do for Halloween? It's your birthday. It's like the, it's a great thing." Right. Like I don't know. I never really did anything, right. and it's a very bad habit. I do do it. I do know that. I know that celebrating yourself is something you should do, and I love doing that. It, and it's something I'm working on. But uh, yeah, so I'm under strict orders to do something. So that's why I'm into that.
0: <laughs> you you do that? Okay, so. Let's talk about that. Are you you're doing a long distance relationship?
1: I am doing a long distance relationship. Yeah. And
0: how's that going? I mean, obviously, great, but that's well.
1: That's- no, I mean it's 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 going well. But I never. I'm glad you even brought that up because uh, <laughs> it's something I never thought that I would do actually. Um, well, until awesome. it happened. Also,
2: same.
1: Yeah, and um, no, what's happened is you you learn a lot about yourself and the value of quality time. I don't know if people have gone through the love languages, but um. <laughs> it turns out that my love language is uh quality time. Um,
0: and, and, and <laughs> I like how you said that. It turns out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I yeah. Did well, one of it just tests go, and found out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, before because before I think it was it was active service first, mm. and then I think as a, you grow older or whatever. But yeah, I, I've learned you have to learn how to communicate and make the best of your of your of your, of your time, and so yeah. you. you figure out what works and what doesn't work. You see someone, you hear someone, and you really become disciplined in in knowing things because you're you're seeing each other not as often as you normally would if you're in person. And so uh, it makes you cherish those moments. But yes, um, definitely is not what I expected because I thought, well, why would you do that initially? I mean, it's just be in the same place. (laughs) Uh, But you can't plan these things. Uh, But yeah, so far, so good.
0: Wow. I, I tend to ask relationship questions, um, about, yeah, because, you know, when you, when you give so much to changing the world's short version, that's what you're doing. Sometimes it's hard to have meaningful relationships because you're giving so much energy out into the world. So I don't know if you have like a, a short or long recovery time when you're talking to people and doing these events. But mm-hmm. in that time, it's like, well, how do you find time for, for people in your case, a partner to give you, you know, I don't know if you're at the love place yet, but like the love and affection and the companionship right. and honestly right. like that high fiber, right. Who's going to be like, good job, babe. Yeah. You land that thing. Your book came out and you know, that whole thing. Aw, you're smiling. <laughs> you love her. That's
1: so cute. I do, but that's such a great question. But this is the this is so it is. So you know, before her, I was single for eight years. Wow. So and what I had learned how to do was build quick relationships, develop like quick relationships with people online or anywhere else. And just and not not relationships with people like romantic. Just you because when you move around and go around so quickly, you either you find a way to either tell, okay, we're cool. We'll build Skype. We'll FaceTime. We'll Viber. We'll WhatsApp. You know, we'll do that. You build that. You check in. And so I just developed this thing where I was uh, able to just develop it quickly and not necessarily need as much uh, physical interaction to be with you and all that. And so I was able to, you know, people ask me, who are your close friends? I'm like, oh, my close friend is in, uh, she's currently in Indonesia. My <laughs> best and the is in that. And I and like, wait, but are they in New York? No, no, they're in different parts. We just find times to make. And so something I had to learn about myself uh, as I was, uh, and it's a good thing to be that independent, but sometimes you have to be careful not to be too independent where you almost forget what it's like to need someone. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's what i had learned about myself where i was like oh yeah i'm you know i'm good i'm good and and when i was saying it with the communication is yes it's definitely been ups and downs but what we've learned about each other is i i've had to learn that um not everybody grew up the way i did and so me communicating mm-hmm. uh, my needs might be important to someone than i think you know, to me i'll be like Oh, no, I'm, don't worry about it. You know, that's just my natural instinct. Yeah. But the idea that in a partnership, someone else, obviously, just like you like to give and help, someone else wants to feel like they're involved and that they yeah. can help. And so even if you think you're just handling it yourself, that's taking away <laughs> yeah. someone else's chance to connect with you. And that's the number no- number one thing that I've actually learned because it was just my thing. I'm the oldest of three. I was always I went to boarding school. I was always moving around. I came here to America essentially by myself or my brother. And so I was I didn't really necessarily, you know,
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: need as much or just figure it out. And so yeah. I have to involve someone else in conversation. That's very important. You can't just assume. So that's no.
0: that's that yeah. that is yeah all those things are important I oh, quality time is also my love language because I and I think physical touch I think that's like the second? Touch, think yeah or active touch
1: whatever that one is no physical touch is one of them I think active service yeah. is
2: second but yeah
0: yeah so I, I have to have those two things And the quality time for me could be like Netflix and powering through something or actually going on a trip or having some type of experience but it's important for me to have a conversation with someone and to have time with someone and to make memories with someone um so me being single and dating I'm like okay what how how will you be able to like support those things for me but the way I show love is through gifts so I'm a gift giver yeah yeah, so I'm all I'm like, what do you, you know, if the guys like, I ran out of paper towels, then I would come over and bring paper towels. Like, I give those types of practical wow. gifts.
1: Yeah. Uh, wow, that's turned it back on you. How has that been for you since you're
0: dating,
2: you're
1: single and dating? Yeah, well, I would-
0: um, it's been really awful. <laughs>
1: oh, that's <a> very. Uh, <laughs>
0: what? <laughs> because, because I have I don't know what's beyond the trifecta, but um, I have a doctorate. I own a business. I have a two bedroom apartment in the Bay Area by myself.
1: Bay Area that's very expensive. Is right,
0: it's and costly. I have a view of the city. But that was like poor advertising. It's rent controlled. I want to say that. It's not like fancy. Still, and,
1: what do you mean? It's San Francisco. I, 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 San Francisco- I'm an, or I'm in Oakland.
0: I'm in Oakland. So my view is all of San Francisco. So I can see the bridges and the whole city and Salesforce Tower. It's great. I love it. I I love it. Um, And then I also own a car and my hair is mine. And um, if I want (laughs) to- You said my hair hair is mine. (laughs) What? What? (laughs) What? Wow.
2: Okay. (laughs) Um,
0: And if I want a pedicure, I pay for it myself. So I don't, I don't need a guy to like pay my bills. Cause there's, there are a lot of guys who like that, you know, to here's some, go take care of yourself. Here's a purse, all that. I have all the shoes I need. And if I don't, I will buy them. I'm fine. So that's why that quality time thing, Mm -hmm. that's something you can't buy is really important. And then um, I used to play sports and then I understand all the sports. Right.
1: Um, so, well, then what, so you're saying is the independent That people yeah. want to feel like They can do something it's for you It's too
0: much, yeah And then I'm also pretty and then funny uh, Right? Yeah, yeah and, and very, very cheap I can't really drink because my heart thing So it's just like one drink right? Um, I thoroughly enjoy Taco Bell If a guy came home with a Mexican pizza with no meat I'd be like, oh my god, you are amazing Like, it doesn't take much for me So for guys, I typically get this whole like Oh, she's too good and I'm not yeah. good enough for her. Mm-hmm. And they're right. They're probably right. And then they like move on. But there are also guys who feel like if they don't make as much money as me, yeah. then they can't like provide. But quality time is free.
2: Yeah.
1: So that's that, yeah, those that those men have things to deal with internally then.
0: Yeah. I know. Yeah. Yeah. And as like, someone, and you probably understand this, but as a coach, uh then I have to make sure that I'm not trying. I'm not, ai used to fix when I was younger. Like most women go through this period. We're like, it's totally fine. I can fix them. And then what you do is you package them up with a bow and then you take this piece of shit and then you make them pretty. And then he goes and he marries literally like the next person or the (laughs) person after, right? Because you put them through the boot camp. There's no return on that investment. So I I don't do that. I don't do that. But naturally as a coach, sometimes I'm like, well, have you thought of, and I, I have to, turn that whole thing off. Um, and being that I'm clear cognizant and I have these like special powers, I also have to turn off those powers to not like see. Well, stuff. it took me
1: eight, eight years. That's what I was saying. I was very, I had to, I think it was always growing up in similar. I was just always aware. I don't know why I had, I was, maybe because I'm the oldest, I always have this, people always make fun of me being an old man or an old soul, so I, I always didn't, I didn't like wasting time with stuff. And so it would be, it'd be like, oh, you have all these opportunities, but like, no, I just, you know, I don't think you should just rush into something. And so that's, Uh, that was mine,
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, wasting time is not my thing. Like I'm 37. So I have done all the things that I need to do. It's like, do you want to date? Do you want to, do you want to like be in a relationship? Would you like to get married? Would you like to have kids? Are you open to a divorce? That's where I am
1: open to a divorce (laughs) why are you asking if they're open to a divorce (laughs) because
0: if you're growing and changing and evolving there's a possibility that you may outgrow each other and i'm not going to stay in a relationship where i'm not fulfilled well not that i'm putting i'm not putting it on the table but that's i'm just saying that's my spectrum
1: well when you say you open to divorce? i was thinking where you you say that uh there can't be a divorce or i mean (laughs) there can. i'm fine with divorce
2: Yeah.
0: I am totally fine with divorce because I, like my mom's been divorced twice and I don't feel anyone should be somewhere where they're, they're not, they can't be their best selves, you know, or they're, you know, compromising their values. So this journey that I'm on of change is real. Not only is it in the name of my business, but it's who I am as a person and how I am my true authentic self. So I don't know who I'm going to be in five years because Three years ago, I I didn't think that my business would be where it is now. I mean, I had hopes and aspirations, but I've had opportunities presented to me that I wouldn't have ever thought of when I was like a public health practitioner, giving my heart to saving cities and communities and <laughs> you know, states and national projects and stuff. Like, yeah. But <laughs> I'm just, you know, so yeah, so short version, uh dating is awful. I've done the app stuff, in person thing. I had a friend, or I've had, I have a friend who's set me up with their friend, but we haven't met yet, so we'll see
1: how. Fingers crossed. Well, I, I wish I, I am not a dating. Co- I wish I was, but I, I only thing I can know that I can definitely say is that I do th- agree with you. I think you're supposed to be with someone that really brings out the best in you, challenges you, and you do the same, vice versa, and so. Those are things you can't settle on, uh, for sure. No,
0: yeah. And where I want to be in my empireness and friendly competition I have with Beyonce, I'm I'm gonna be a, a person. And me being a person means that the guy I'm with has to support that person too. And like, you know, it has to be full on high fiving and not getting to a point of jealousy.
2: But yes.
0: you know, if he's on board, then he can ride this ride with me, you know, but if he's not, then it's like, you don't understand how much I love shoes. So if you're going to take away the money I make to buy shoes, then we're going to have all kinds of problems.
1: Hey, self-awareness. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love it. I
0: love it. Yeah. So um, there's one thing that you talk about that I want to get into before we wrap up, which is um, taking how do you say it? Like taking leaders and making them world leaders or taking change makers and making them world leaders.
1: Yes. So talk um,
0: about
1: that. Turn and cha- yeah. turn and change makers into world leaders. I think um, we live in this digital and global world, right? And I think a lot of times we forget about that. And maybe it's because I'm not from here. I, I see that. But if you think about Hollywood music, everything, the centers, you know, everybody comes here and all those things. And I think sometimes we forget that there's a bigger world out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, And the way I grew up, I was always made to listen to news from different angles. And we live in a world of 7.5 billion people. And I think we can be doing so much more than we're doing beyond ourselves mm-hmm. if you think about the problem of climate change for example that's another thing where, i don't
0: know i don't know what you're talking about because that doesn't exist ah right right, yeah. right. There's it's there, currently there. like 81 degrees and open <laughs> in
1: and <laughs> but but <laughs> you, you, you maybe you might not have experienced it with that but i'm thinking about climate change thinking about genocide i'm thinking about all these things that are happening around mm-hmm. and i want people to be more global citizens and the idea of being a change maker isn't limited to just environment. There are many things that we can do here in this environment where uh, there are certain privileges that, privileges that can be replicated around the world if we spoke up enough. And that's the yeah. thing if enough people spoke up mm-hmm. and enough people applied what they were doing. For example, you say you were a health practitioner. If we went to, uh, we took your skills with that and we went to different countries in the world, that could make so much
2: of an impact.
1: Mm-hmm. that could educate all that and that's where i'm trying to uh, i try to get people to do that and that's yes that's fully because i'm the son of a diplomat and you see things from different perspectives and mm-hmm. you sort of read wide and different things like that but i wouldn't have known that if i didn't have those lived experiences and so i'm trying to not only get people to be change makers but to also expand people's lived experiences so they can be global leaders and you can do that you know we have digital we're doing this you're on the other side other coast i'm on the east coast and we're having a conversation and you I'm on know, the
0: best on the, the best coast but okay
1: right <laughs> I'm on the great coast <laughs> and
0: so where will you be spending your birthday though I mean
1: <laughs> you know it's all it's circumstances. <laughs> but um but just so that's what I, I essentially mean I, I I we have a very ethnocentric way of looking um at the world. And I think it really impacts the stories we tell, by the way. If you look at a lot of, mm-hmm. uh, there was a movie called Gods of Egypt that came out a few years ago. I'm very, I was very excited. I love, I mean, you know, I'm an African and I love Egyptian mythology. And I was looking and I went to watch the movie. It was just all white. The cast and I was like, these are not Egyptians. What are you doing? You're going to train people to, to start thinking that the heroes look only a certain way. And right. that comes from expanding your mindset. So that's all I mean, expanding your mindset.
0: Yeah, I, oof. Yeah. I I was a big Egyptian nerd as a kid. Yeah. I was like scarab beetle, yeah, like pharaohs, it's just like, uncommon. I was all about it. All about it just because there was something I mean I was young, but there was something really they're very magnetic about Egypt yeah. and how it started and just the power that came from that And then also like the downfall, like it's just a really fascinating story.
2: I know.
1: I yeah, and I I think that's. I I think we forget that when we're teaching history, Uh, you know that there have been.
0: Uh, Well, uh, yeah, because they don't. That's not. They don't want. In the words of DJ Khaled, they don't want you to know our history. (laughs) They don't
1: want you to know. (laughs) Exactly.
0: (laughs) but that's why, like one thing that i i commonly do um when is speaking to white people and also you know white women because you mentioned intersectionality earlier again you have that bus and everyone's on it except for when it doesn't affect them so usually that bus moving forward is just white people or white women right because of all these other the the factors that come in so when people are like I, it's so interesting that Portland's really white. It's like, mm-hmm, yeah, well, um, you should look up their white supremacy history and that will explain to you why, you know, or actually in feminism, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, but also it came from the suffrage movement and the suffrage movement was to make sure that um, black men at that time could not vote.
2: Right.
0: That's why I was pushing the white woman's vote over a black man, because that was too Mm, can't have that, you know. So there's all of these parts of history that are really important that are commonly left out. That I try to incorporate with um, my storytelling.
1: Yeah, no, I love it. I love it, and that's why you're successful.
2: So, what? I,
0: you know, thank you. I, I do what I can. I, I also know that I have, I have white in me, and that's fine. So, thanks, mom. Um, <laughs> you know, for that. But I think that also you know, helps with storytelling because yeah. that, none of that matters here because I am viewed and I am a Black woman and I'm a proud Black woman at that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, you know, doing, doing what I can. So for you, um, what's your self-care around uh, change, all this change and being on a book tour and talking to people? Actually, yeah, before you get into that, How, how are people treating you with like your, your rates and working with you and maybe potentially actually, do you see any, any change with these clients that you've worked with or do you commonly see like, oh, we didn't think you'd be this much or actually we only want to do this and and don't want to get to like the real change.
1: Yeah. I've had some of those clients, but a lot of times, um, I, I, you know, whenever, before I even decide to work with someone, I'm I'm, I'm always trying to decide whether it's a proactive or rea- reactive thing. And when it's very mm-hmm. reactive, I'm usually as, uh, more hesitant mm-hmm. because then it's a one-time thing, you know, and if I'm working with a client and it's for long-term basis, I always try to make sure that they understand this is, this is beyond, this is not just a nice to have, this is a need to have. Yeah. And, you know, the way people perceive me, a lot. Of, I've been perceived many ways. You know, people sometimes will say you sounded very different on the phone. I thought I was expecting someone else, or people would say, <laughs> "Wow, you're way more articulate than I thought." Um, that that's happened. But I've also gotten a lot of what you get sometimes, which is the you're the good black person
2: because mm-hmm. yeah. you
1: know I have I can speak all to various sports from Europe to American. I can all speak- the footballs. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that was my first love. Uh, yeah, the, all the footballs. Um, <laughs> I can talk about any pop culture things from you know whatever is happening on Shondaland to the new TV shows to the new yeah, music. Um, but what about I,
0: ninety day fiance, are you in? Yeah. that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know what got me into that? My girlfriend. Yeah, of course.
0: <laughs> that's what I'm going to do for whatever guy's with me. I'm like, listen, there's 90 day fiance before the 90 days and 90 days the other way. So we got
1: it. Go. <laughs> uh, see, that's that. So, yeah. And I find that all those things have made it easy for me to convert. So people normally receive and then, you know, I have a lot of footage of me online uh, at this yeah. point. And so people usually have an introduction to who I am before. So there's they, sort a, of, you know. If it's they
0: don't, the podcast
1: too yes. or the book. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of <laughs> yeah so for so so, so, so that yeah you're rated
0: it's up there so that's good.
1: Yeah but before that it was it was more of the wow you're, you're wow 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 but then yeah. now that it's there so people usually have an idea uh mm-hmm. but then you cast them in moments private moments and they'll say well you know I was uh, I thought that this would be a little bit uh you know I thought you would be shaming me or I thought you would come yeah. here but you actually are making it safe for different people I'm like well you know the work involves everyone. Right. So, and, and there are different types of approaches. You know, my approach is probably more collaborative, but I, that doesn't, you know, and another approach is, you know, everybody has their own journey, you know, and how they yeah. handle the, the, the way they, they get the message abroad. So but
0: that's yeah. an important part because I think, cause I don't, I don't do training, which is why if anyone wants training, I'm like, Pass it on to you. Um, <laughs> but I will do, you know, facilitation and like have talks and discussions. Um, but the, the problem that I think happens, particularly for white people, is that they have gone to some type of cultural understanding, cultural competency, insert hot, sexy term here, training, and then mm-hmm. felt as if they were racist or chastised or, you know, burdened as a white person. And I don't think that's helpful at all. And I've been and I've been part of those types of trainings and I'm like, how is it I've literally been in a training where It was facilitated by a black psychologist He put all the white people in one side of the room and all the black people on the other side of the room or POC And they had to tell the white people how they're awful Interesting. Right and that was it so there was no time for white people to like respond um, Or like say or do anything? And I just kept thinking and not in a way that I felt like, you know, taking the guilt of white people or anything like that, but it was just really unfair to have a one-sided process
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, because I don't know how people can learn from that.
2: Right. So right. if
0: you know, people of color are talking about incidences where they didn't feel heard, valued, appreciated, or respected. Like I was cut in line and then I was told, and then my colleague got this and they were white and I didn't get this. Like and telling those stories, um, storytelling right going back to that that part is fine but i don't think there should be any type of blame or harm um when it comes to those types of uh training yeah
1: i mean and it's also a tricky balance because sometimes um people uh you know when you're leading a training you just don't know how it's going to come across sometimes and there are also times where you have something called you know why fragility and and that's where people are you know, wondering, wait, why am I carrying your burden? It's such a tricky balance, but I I tend to have the the more, um, the approach where I call out the issue, right? But I'm not blaming the person. I'm saying this is what you can do, and this is what does exist. And it's not about you look this way, so you must be this way. It's about now you know about this, what will you do? That's usually where I end up with, Um, and I tend to, like you, I tend to be, I I tend to see that more people react better to that uh, Mm -hmm. than that, Um, yeah, but, you know, it it really, honestly, it really depends on the trainer, because some people really have little patience for that, uh, because it's something they've been dealing with for a long time, and some people are willing to do it, you know, do more work in that regard. Uh, I I really, so go ahead.
0: No, you said doing the work, which I think is really important, because. It's very common like I don't know if you I guess I should send it to you But I don't know if you read my story about the white woman who said an n-word No, no Yeah, so a white woman said the n-word multiple times in uh, In Bordeaux, she's from Atlanta And she said it in reference to data And um, I was like no, it's not the word No, no, and she like didn't hear me So then a white woman said is wiggers better And I was like, oh, that's a whole, uh, nope. (laughs) That's a whole other thing. Um, And then finally, (laughs) a white guy was like, that's not for us to say. And then she heard me and I I was able to explain the stuff around it. Anyway, it was a whole long drawn out thing. But essentially what came from it, um, you can read the blog post for more, but what came from it was uh, she wanted me to help her understand why she said the word. And I told her, that's not, I don't know how you got to where you are or where you're going. And I'm not going to help you with any of that because it's not my responsibility. Right. So what do you do? The most I will say is Google.
1: Yeah. But see, but that's, that's the thing that I'm saying. See that I think it's, I don't know that there's a right or wrong way. I know many people that do that. And I think, I think for me, depending on the relationship I have with the person, I will either have a conversation or do the same thing you're doing. Because if it's in the middle, if you know, if it's in the middle of something that I'm doing, I'm doing, and someone just said it, and someone was called that, I'm like, you, what? You have this. We live in a time where you Google or see out all these things, and I think two people, too many people are, are worried about being seen as good people, and in the process, yeah. they they forget to actually be good people. Like you know, they're like, oh, I, I don't, I'm very well-meaning, and I'm yeah. like, well, don't just be well-meaning people. Think about the well-being of others. Well,
0: there's the intent versus the impact
1: too. Yeah. And that's a spectrum that people can go. I mean, yes, there are moments when, yes, assuming positive intent works, but there are also moments when you have to realize that even if you accidentally step on someone's foot and you break it, you still broke the foot. So, (laughs) you know, it's a bad, it's, it's all nuanced, but at the same time, I, some, you know, people in the conversations, me or anyone have to realize that you just have to own that you did something wrong and then accepted that even if someone doesn't forgive you or something, that means you can do something for the next person.
0: Great. Move, move past it. The the, the problem I had with her is that she kept on wanting to apologize and she kept on wanting to be in my space. And she kept on telling me how hurt she is because she wouldn't do that. But she completely ignored the fact that she brought up ancestral trauma issues for me because you said the N word and I feel things and then we see things and we know what has happened as a result of this word when white people say it to black people. And, but she completely ignored that whole thing. So I like, I hear exactly what you're saying. It's like, okay, you know, you may have to Google into it. And then there's some people where you're like, okay, I'll put you on this little path, but the longest path I'll give people is to go on their journey their own way and to talk to their white friends.
1: Right, exactly, go it. back to the people, yeah, exactly But yeah. by the way, you're not always going to be forgiven Like, you have you're
0: to not. I'm not going to apologize for yeah. that I'm not going to forgive you for any of that Because it was harmful And yeah. even in that forgiveness, sometimes I feel that it gives A white person who's done harm And when we talk about harm, it's like Your actions that work, what you're saying Overlooking people, saying offensive things And obviously physical harm too, but um, They have to learn from what they did and my forgiveness should not impact their journey. Cause if my forgiveness is impacting your journey, then you'll be like, well, it wasn't that big of a deal. And you have a right. higher probability of doing the same type of harm again, maybe not to the same extent, but still doing it because you weren't held accountable for your actions. Absolutely. But the thing is that we, you and I are held accountable for actions all the time as With, yeah, people. Without all the time even the time. Yeah. people knowing us. <laughs> exactly and also i mean the like the type of work that we do if we go into these companies we have to make sure that you know like you said that assessment that you're doing to see if it's going to be a good fit because they can easily say like we hired a black and it didn't work so
1: yeah yeah and that's that's that, that, that yeah that's just a good point that's a great point yeah I have, yeah i yeah.
0: don't have anything to, add to that no. <laughs> yeah so um yeah it's it's just like what we have figured out and you figured out a lot sooner than me is that, you know, we have a calling and this is important work to do and all of it is rooted around um, our story, our lived experiences and helping people realize regardless of color and, and their lived experiences, that they also have a story as well. Um, And they can use that to make for you the world a better place, which is also what I try to do as well. So how do you,
1: how do you celebrate the little wins? Well, I mean, I do a lot of meditation. Uh, I yeah. think, yeah, I try to be present. I, one of the things that I know about myself is I'm very uh, on the go. This city, New York City, definitely resembles my personality. Uh, and so I've had to learn how to be still in many yeah. of those moments. Where, And then uh, a gratitude journal as well so where you re- reflect on things you're grateful for in the day so it's like it really reminds you if you have to find five things like oh okay good 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 and then meditating just to really be intentional about my day this is what i want this is what i'm seeing this is what i want to do that just allows me to have a moment to reflect but also to just see what i did you know mm-hmm. uh, and it's so simple and it can be annoying sometimes to just sit there and breathe and think and reflect and all those things. But I found that I, you know, there are I in my personality, they things that I can take for granted. If yeah. I don't, you know, oh, I, so my mom called me or someone left a review on the book. Someone yeah. sent me an email that I got a five-star review. All these simple mm-hmm. things and having to reflect on those, those things help uh, keep me grounded and uh, good self-care for me.
0: So. There you go. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: That's awesome. Do you, any, do you have any any question for me?
2: Well, yeah. I have the relationship question for you. And,
0: you did. Uh, Anything yeah. else? Any any other burning questions? What
1: what what's the next great thing that you're going to achieve since you're building your um, your empress uh, lifestyle? Uh,
0: um, nice. honestly, I'm working to get into the fashion industry.
2: Ooh
0: yeah because there's a lot of diversity things as you know like on that side yes. um and i think representation uh is an important thing so either you know trying to style campaigns be part of campaigns um potentially design some things that would celebrate and represent um you know the color, um, particularly blackness. So that is something that I would love to do in uh 2020. And then I gotta get like this book game up. So you know at some point the story is, is good for a book. And yes. speaking tour that whole thing. So yeah. Yeah. Do it. I, I will. I will. I gotta, you know, I gotta pay my people. And myself, um, so it's you know long game stuff, trying to put it in motion as much as possible.
1: Well, I believe in you, and I know it's going to happen because you're you're that type of person. So that's 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 going to make it.
0: You know, I am that type of person, and I am I, I have gratitude <laughs> for you <laughs> for uh, believing in me, and I'm so excited we're able to have this this conversation. That I look forward to seeing the other side as a guest on your on your podcast yes Um,
2: yes Uh, thank you so much
0: yeah no problem so um to the listeners out there and to you Tayo, keep being amazing thanks for listening to the change today podcast to learn more about change today you can go to change today.com that's c-h-a-n-g-e-c-a-d-e-t.com And you can follow to learn more at Change Today Podcast and at Change Today. Thanks for listening.